Welcome to the Too Blessed to Be Stressed podcast, hosted by me, Carolina Sopran. I'm a holistic health and nutrition coach, a Pilates instructor with a background in science, and a master's in medical radiations. I'm your stress buster chick, chatting all things stress, helping you, the modern woman, create more balance, calmness, and health in life. I used to be just like you, running on adrenaline, stressed 24-7, and a professional perfectionist in all aspects of life. Over the last couple of months, I have wanted to create a platform for stressed, stuck, and professional women just like you, empowering and nurturing you to live your most balanced life. I have learned and come up with some amazing tools to help bring more zen into your everyday life. Enjoy. Hello, darlings, and welcome to episode 14 of the Too Blessed to Be Stressed podcast. I have missed recording this podcast for you so, so much. I can't believe it's been about two and a half weeks since the last episode, but life has been very busy between all the wedding planning and some amazing side projects that hopefully I'll be able to share with you very soon. It has been really busy and one of my New Year's resolutions was to live a little bit more in the moment and live my life in a more, I guess, meaningful way. So I have definitely started doing that, but with that comes obviously not getting all the things that I want to have done, done in time. Um, And that's okay. I'm learning to let that stuff go but I've had a fabulous last two weeks and I hope you have too. So I thought I would come back with an episode about sleep and stress because a lot of women have been asking me about this topic and I think it's a good one um, because we need sleep so so much and we don't realize the impact that lack of sleep has on our overall health. So we'll start off by looking at the relationship between stress and sleep and then look at how stress affects sleep and how sleep can actually decrease your stress. And at the end of the episode, we'll look at some strategies that you can implement to get better shut eye because it can be a really difficult skill. So these statistics are straight out of the Sleep Health Foundation, but it's about four in 10 Australians that don't actually get good quality sleep. And that is pretty crazy. You need sleep to facilitate repair and relaxation on a physiological level. So I thought we'd start off by understanding what happens in each phase or stage of the sleep cycle. So your stage one is the lightest stage of sleep. It's the transition that happens between you actually falling asleep. So you're probably only in that phase for about five to 10 minutes. And this is where your body slows down, your muscles relax. That takes you into stage two where your brain activity starts slowing down and your breathing rate and heart rate decreases. And this is the preparation stage for that deep sleep stage. So stage three is the slow wave sleep and it's what they call the delta waves. In this phase, there's still some bursts of that fast brain activity, but it's really, really minimal. And then stage four is that deepest sleep phase. So this is the phase that it's 
really difficult for someone else to wake you up in this phase. There's none of those fast waves. It's just those slow waves the whole time. And this is where most of your repair and regeneration happens. So if you're missing that bit of sleep, that's when you start feeling super fatigued and feeling like you haven't rested. Your body starts slowing down and getting really run down and stage five is your REM sleep and that's sort of an active phase of sleep and this is the phase where you actually have all your dreams and there is I guess a small increase in your blood flow your breathing your brain function and that sort of prepares you for waking up again. So how does stress actually affect your sleep? Well, first of all, and I rave on about this all the time, there's an overproduction of hormones and that is cortisol. So when you're stressed, your body overproduces cortisol and that's released from the endocrine system. The release of that cortisol creates these bursts of energy causing this cortisol to spike up and down. This loops back and is mediated by the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis and that's in your central nervous system and this axis plays a really big role in managing that 24-hour sleep-wake cycle so it tells your body when you need to wake up and when you need to go to sleep. So when you're under prolonged periods of stress the impact on this axis causes that hyperactivity preventing you from getting that good night's rest. So let's have a look at melatonin for a moment. And melatonin is a natural hormone. It's actually called your sleep hormone. And it's made by the body in response to darkness. So as it gets dark, melatonin increases, helping you feel a little bit more sleepy. And as the morning comes, it actually decreases and cortisol kicks in. So this is where you need a good balance of both cortisol and melatonin. Otherwise, the cortisol sticks around and it definitely decreases both your sleep quality and quantity. And it can actually impact the day that you have the next day, leading to impaired memory, decreased mood. We I mean, many of us can get a little bit grumpy if we haven't had that sleep and it just leaves you with that whole feeling of not feeling refreshed and rejuvenated. So let's now look at the physical interruptions that stress can cause. So stress actually affects your breathing. Um, And not only does stress impact your breathing when you're awake, but it also affects it when you're sleeping. And it can lead to things such as snoring, shallow breathing, and that can impact the quality of your overall sleep that you have during the night. Anxiety is the the next thing I should say. Um, Anxiety around the stress that keeps you awake. So identifying that stress and working out ways in managing it because it's usually when you're anxious about something you are always on edge and you're always anticipating the unknown you overplan all these scenarios in your head and that will actually stop you from getting to sleep each evening from anxiety that leads on to overthinking and overthinking can actually make your brain overactive so when you're stuck in that state of overthinking about the things that are stressing you you're actually stopping your brain from shutting off and going to sleep so again if you feel like you're overthinking all the time write those things down before you go to bed about 
what you're actually overthinking about and what is it about the situation that is causing you to overthink. FOMO is the next thing. I love this word FOMO. It's actually the fear of missing out. And the Australian Psychology Society has done studies on this and it is actually strongly connected to the internet and the time that we spend online. So the more time you spend online, particularly before you go to bed, the more likely you are not to be able to get to sleep because again, your brain is in that overactive state, always being stimulated by something. So just think about that, really track um, how much time you spend on the internet before you actually go to sleep. So now let's have a look at how sleep can actually reduce stress. So sleep actually helps drop those cortisol levels to healthy levels. And that's just what we spoke about. But if you're not getting enough sleep, then your body produces too much cortisol. But if you're getting a good night's sleep, then it will help reduce it, helping your body, I guess, recover on a physical level. So it can help control your blood pressure, your cholesterol levels, and it also facilitates muscle repair and concentration. So think about how well you feel when you've had a good night's sleep and when you haven't. So I usually recommend keeping like a sleep diary. So seeing what happens to you during the day and the type of sleep that you're getting that night. And usually when you've done the right things during the day, that's when you'll notice that your sleep quality is so much better. So if sleep is a struggle for you, let's now take a look at some things that you can do to improve it. So most experts recommend seven to nine hours sleep in order for your body to work at its optimum. So the first tip to, I guess, help you work on that is being mindful. So if you're finding that you're really struggling to get to sleep, having a meditation on or even calming music. I think I mentioned this on one of my previous podcasts. Insight Timer is fantastic. I know there's another app called Calm. The Insight Timer has different types of meditations for different things. So it's got meditations for sleep, for anxiety, for stress relief, for relationships. So it's really helpful providing you with the meditation that is relevant to the stress that you're actually experiencing. So limiting your screen time is the next thing. So switching off your TV, your phone, laptops and tablets. I mean, how many of us scroll social media right before we go to sleep? And I've been guilty of it. It literally is just a habit and it is something that well, even myself, I need to work on. So really limiting that screen time will stop you from being in that over brain overactive phase um, and actually help you doze off to sleep. Taking a hot bath, that is one of my favorites, especially a hot bath in Epsom salts. When you go from having a warm bath to a cooler room temperature, what actually happens is your whole body temperature drops and it actually helps you feel a little bit more sleepy. So you naturally want to go to sleep. In addition to this, having a good room temperature is really important. How many of us have been too hot or too cold and get really frustrated and can't get to sleep? So sort of trying to figure out which temperature you sleep 
best at. Limiting your alcohol and caffeine is the next thing. And I know after you've had a bad day, it's very, um, I guess, common to have two glasses of wine or a little bit more um, before you go to sleep. So really limiting those two things because they're actually stimulants and they will stop you from going to sleep. Working out early. So sometimes women have a lot of time pressure and sometimes I know particularly mums or my friends who are mums don't make it to the gym till right before they go to sleep. And for some people that works okay, but for some women it actually doesn't because that endorphin kick kicks in and you can't actually get to sleep. So make sure that you work out a couple of hours before actually getting to sleep to prevent you from not getting enough sleep as a result of that endorphin high, as I like to call it. Organization, um, I guess, can help relieve some of the stress that you have for the next day. So being organized and just ready for the next day, even if you can spend 15 minutes doing little bits and pieces or even like laying out your clothes for the next day, that's quite a big thing. Otherwise, being able to delegate to someone. So if you live with your partner saying, I'm really stressed at the moment, can you help with this so that you can get a better night's sleep? And lastly, practicing good sleep hygiene. So treating your bedroom as a place of relaxation and peace and calmness, not having your laptop in bed and frantically trying to do things. There's a room for each one of those things that happen in our life, such as work. You should have a completely separate room for that. Um, and making sure that you're going to sleep at this roughly at the same time each evening and getting up roughly at the same time. And that will just help get you into a really nice rhythm. And if you're a mum, I can only imagine what you go through. Um, and I've seen a lot of my girlfriends, I obviously don't have kids myself, but I've seen a lot of my girlfriends struggle with sleep, but it does get better. You just need to give yourself time for it to get better. Um, and I I'm pretty sure I shared this on one of the last episodes. I had a senile dog for a long time and he would wake me up at midnight and at 3 a.m. when is usually when that deep sleep phase occurs. And this happened over, I would say, a year and a half. And it was really hard and it was really hard for me to get my sleep cycle back. Um, I think I started off sort of waking up once a night and then eventually, goodness, I think it took a good year for me not to wake up during the night at all. Um, So even though I don't have kids, I can semi-relate to this issue. Um, But I hope you have found this episode really helpful. Um, Please share it with your friends, share it on social media. Um, And if you have some time, please leave me a review and I will be back next week. And remember, life is for living, not for stressing. You are too blessed to be stressed. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have loved and enjoyed today's podcast, then please share it with your friends and family. If you have any comments or would like to reach out, you can find me on Instagram at Knowing Her Wellness. See you soon for the next episode of Too Blessed to Be Stressed.